Hello and welcome to my little podcast. This is something that I wanted to share with people because the last year of my life has been very transformative and I really feel like it's worth sharing because if it wasn't for somebody sharing their journey with me on Facebook, I might not have found the strength to start my own. So today is actually my one year sober anniversary. <laughs> And it's been quite a year. I just want to tell you more about how I came to this lifestyle change. And this is really just a slice of the story. It's intended to bring you up to speed with my experience and what really triggered the decision. And I just want to say thank you so much for even taking the time to listen. And if anything, I really hope that it helps you find your own strength if you are looking for a much needed change, no matter what that change is. Mine was alcohol. So leading up to my decision to abstain from alcohol, I really took some time to dig into my habits after some pretty traumatic experiences. Not just one, one in particular, but um, there was really compounded effects here. And so after, you know, I sort of woke up and I noticed what I was doing and who I was spending time with and how I felt like every time after I drank. I was liking it less and less and less all the time. The hangovers, wasted money, late nights questionable sexual partners <laughs> after parties and all that were just too common in my life. I was like, why? Why am I doing this? Like, I have a good life. I love my kids. I'm fully self-employed with music and I have a cleaning business. And I had what I thought were good friends in my life at the time. On paper, I seemed to have my shit together. But did I really? So this was really crossing my mind really often. And one thing that I reflect on is there was, you know, how there's always those pivotal moments. There was a few, but I'll share with you one that kind of stands out in my mind. And there was a night that I was just home. I wasn't sad. I wasn't celebrating anything. It was just a Friday night. Didn't really have a lot to do. I went and I grabbed a bottle of wine, started drinking at home and hanging out. And then I kind of got the urge probably around 10 o'clock or something. I don't know what time it was, but... I had the urge to be around people, so I grabbed a cab, went uptown to a bar, had a couple of drinks, and I remember, like, I'd already had a bottle of wine, so then the, the next drink ended up being, you know, kind of hitting me a little bit harder, and there was this really weird guy that was hitting on me and telling me these crazy stories. Anyway, I'm a huge fan of crazy stories. <laughs> it's like, the, the stupider the story, the more I am engaged in listening, even if it's a complete bold-faced lie, we can get into that another time. Anyway, this guy was just telling me these weird things and he was kind of hitting on me. So I got uncomfortable. So I left and I went to Julia's Pizza and I bought like two slices of pizza and a great big greasy poutine. Called a cab and I went home. And then the next day I woke up and I was super hungover, felt like garbage. And I noticed the food that was left over, like half friggin' masticated pizza and crusts and everything and like the poutine and whatever. And... I was like, oh my God. And I checked my bank account and I was like, what the heck did I do? I noticed that I had over tipped the cabbie by like almost $13. It was like $12.99, which I still can't even figure out how my drunk brain decided to punch that in. So I did a running total the whole night with cigarettes, the drinks, the food, the cabs. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, it was like 80 bucks. And for what? Absolutely nothing. And I was doing this a few times a month. 
And this is like not even to mention the random nights at home that I'd be sipping wine, just hanging out with friends or like writing grants or writing songs. I always thought I needed a bottle of wine to write songs and all this stuff. Like, and there's another 10 or 20 bucks. So, you know, it hit me after all these little calculations. And like, I remember my kids asking for something that would say like 15 bucks. And I'd be like, oh, I can't afford that. But somehow I made myself afford a night out for like $80 on absolutely nothing to show for it. Like, I was starting to feel like a liar and I felt like the worst parent ever. I was like, how can I tell my kids that I can't afford that, but yet I can afford this other stuff? Like, it was just, it wasn't me. It was not me and I didn't like it. I also noticed like all the fuzzy nights, like I couldn't remember what happened sometimes. Like I was like, there was times uh, that I was like falling down. And I like, I remember I twisted my ankle and there was like some times where like I'd have bruises on my legs and I was like, what the heck happened? And I talked to my friends after like, oh yeah, you were really drunk. And I'm like, holy crap, like this, what's happening? You know, I mean, and it wasn't the first time this had been kind of like happening, but it was like, it was really kind of increasingly getting worse. And even emotionally, I was getting to points where like, I'd be, I'd be getting really sad at a certain point, like if I I got to a certain point of being drunk like and that wasn't really me like that wasn't something that I did for years like this was starting to happen more so it wasn't a good thing and something really really needed to change but so you know I, I'm really hard-pressed to label myself as an alcoholic but if I'm being honest like I was experiencing some alcohol abuse and the habits they were really costing me more than money it was my time it was my emotional health it was everything so after I sort of had these epiphanies and stuff like that, um, really over last summer in 2019 and into the early fall, I was really digging into what was happening. It like, it seemed harmless because I didn't drink every day. My bills were paid, but there was really some underlying issues that were presenting themselves way too often. And, you know, I started drinking around 15 or so. And, you know, that's, that's when I started indulging in alcohol. And I was mostly a happy social drinker. Always like the party girl, bubbly, outgoing, fun, social butterfly, you know, to drink with. I wasn't afraid of anything after a few drinks. I was a complete yes girl. You know, people wanted me to keep drinking. I stayed up and kept drinking. And even if they didn't want to, if there was still alcohol there, I wanted to drink it. Like, and it was like, it was gross. <laughs> like thinking back, I'm like, oh my God, did I like come across as like this sloppy, horrible person? But anyway, so I did a lot of reflecting, especially last summer. And so I was like trying to pinpoint where it really sort of came into play. And looking back, I'd say over like the past eight years, there was a real compounded problem that was creeping up on me. And, you know, it was the people that I surrounded myself with and the bad habits. And really a lot of it came from unhealed trauma that was keeping me in this holding pattern. You know, I look back and who I was spending the most time with and how I was spending that time and the situations that you know, I really, really needed to heal from, I had some major, major healing to do. Like toxic, emotionally abusive relationships that I entered into. My dad almost died and that was traumatic. Um, I had a couple of codependent, really toxic friendships that, you know, that really hurt me. And, and they were, they were slow burns. They were not something that was just like a friend for a month. Like this was like a few years of having, a friend that I look back on that was really codependent. Both of us were, we were not in good places, but I don't know, maybe it was like trauma bonding or something. But anyway, so those, those were things that I, I knew that I, 
I needed some, some help. It wasn't, I feel like it wasn't the alcohol that was the problem, but alcohol was intensifying the problem and it was, and it was helping me to avoid dealing with the problems. So the months leading up to quitting drinking were really important to seeing this holding pattern that I was in. Um, and then I started noticing things. So there was one day I was on Facebook. It was October the 8th. I'll tell you that. And I saw a post from my friend, Vanessa. She had posted about it being her sober anniversary. And I met this incredible woman in 2018. We both played a show together in Fredericton and actually met <laughs> because we were both drinking out in the courtyard at the hotel that we were both put up at for for the shows. And uh, she's from uh, Ontario, uh, lives in the Toronto area. So anyway, we hung out, her and her band and I, and actually my daughter was there and my daughter's friend. And, you know, I was having a few sips. I wasn't like hammered or anything, but we stayed out like talking and playing music. And it was, it was a great experience. Nothing bad happened and we became friends. But anyway, so I hadn't seen her in over a year because that was the year before. So this was, this was just a post on Facebook and she shared her experience and I messaged her right away. And I was like, look, I've been thinking about making this change and you know, tell me, you know, how did you come to this? So we had a really great chat about our experiences. She gave me her phone number. I called her. We talked forever. And, you know, we realized, you know, being musicians, we were exposed to so much alcohol over the years too. Like, I mean, it's a very predominant thing that happens as an artist. And when you're mostly playing in bars and also, you know, people just, they just want to show appreciation. So they, they'll buy drinks. I mean, God, I probably was bought more drinks than I actually spent money on in my life just because of what I do and who I am and people just wanting to spend time. But, you know, anyway, so so we had a lot of uh, conversations about that. So the thing was, is the convo ended in me sort of deciding that I wanted to pick a date and I was going to give it up. So I ch chose Thanksgiving. So as I'm recording this, this is technically like the Monday that I woke up and that was the last time that I drank. Um, but my official date is the 14th. But anyway, uh, Vanessa was super excited for me. And like, I didn't have any other friends that were that excited for me not to drink. Like all of the people that I spent time with were drinkers pretty much. Uh, very few were not. So over the next week, I got mentally prepared to give it up. You know, I was just like, and I was thinking about it and I was talking about it. And uh, then had Thanksgiving dinner with my parents on that Sunday and came back and Sunday night here in St. John, they always have like a holiday weekend open mic. So I was like, this is going to be it. This is my last hurrah. I planned to get drunk like over that week. I knew that I was going to go out that Sunday night. Anyway, so it was, it was kind of an important sort of last hurrah for me. And I went out, I had a great time, got silly, sang songs, you know, closed the bar uh, with a bunch of people, ended up at an after party with a bunch of people too. And it was like 4am. And I remember there was this, this young guy and he was like, I'm going to make sure you get home. Okay. And it was like, it was so nice to see somebody that had cared whether I got home. Okay. But anyway, um, cause that, that was something that I had noticed that wasn't happening a whole lot. The people that I was hanging out with most of the time didn't give a crap whether I got home okay or not. But anyway, it was time to go home, called a cab, came into my room, crawled into bed and I slept. And then I woke up on the Monday with a gross hangover and I made sure that I felt every single part of it. Like I marveled in my hangover 
And it was just like, you know, the headache and the tired sluggish feeling and the craving the crappy food and just the overall that I just I wanted to and I needed to take note of because this is how I didn't want to feel anymore. When I made this decision, I honestly didn't know if I was going to give it up for a week, a month, a year or forever. And now here I am a year later with absolutely zero desire to drink again. I just, I don't see it. I have no good reason to. I really dug into my healing this year. Like, honestly, that's what I delved into. I knew quitting drinking wasn't about the alcohol. It was about the healing. My goal was to heal. And so I really delved into getting counseling. I went to lots of counseling sessions, um, talked to my life coach, listened to self-help books and podcasts and all kinds of things like that. I really took care of my physical and my mental health better than I ever have in my whole 41 years of existence. And it also sparked me to quit smoking. About three months later in January, so October, November, December, January, I gave up smoking. And it was like, I knew that every time that I drank, I wanted to smoke. They were very, very connected. So quitting drinking allowed me to quit smoking. And that in turn helped my vocal health. Like it's so much better. Some of the voice issues that I was having just automatically corrected themselves. And you know, my musical life overall has really improved because it's allowed me to really focus on what I want and get really clear about what I want. Waking up the next day, being tired and not being able to be creative and not being able to really live fully authentically. You know, I, everybody loves to drink on a Friday night, which means that you end up being hungover on a Saturday. My Saturdays now consist of getting up, cleaning, going to markets, you know, feeling good and and spending my time being fully engaged in my life. It's also helped me to focus on my weight loss and I just seem to look better and feel better now than I have in so many years. Like, I mean, I'm really passionate about this because it's been a year. It's not a week. It's not a month. It's been 365 days that I have not indulged in alcohol and it's been the best decision that I ever made. You know, I don't crave those weekends so I can drink wine, be done the end of the week and drinking wine or when I'm upset, I don't need drinks to get through it. I don't need Prosecco to celebrate anything because I'm happy, authentically happy with myself and sparkling water is just fine with me. Give me some lime, some grapefruit, whatever. And I don't make bad decisions based on alcohol and this false sense of confidence. And just to even touch on that with the musical side, like as I've performed, even though it hasn't been as much, you know, with this whole pandemic and stuff like that. I mean, I've always been fairly confident on stage, but something changed. Like when I'm on stage now, I have this confidence that I brought up through me that that just it's different. Now, and I really didn't drink much when I was on stage. I mean, there was times <laughs> that I did, but, um, you know, just knowing that I wasn't drinking after or like I wasn't having a couple of drinks to loosen up before I got on stage. Like I had to pull my confidence from the most authentic place in my soul. And it's changed my live shows. It's changed how I feel when I'm singing. Like it's just, it's really, really incredible. If you're wondering if I'll drink again, who knows? Who knows? Because I, I mean, the thing is, is like, I don't, I don't want to like discount that and say, because I don't criminalize alcohol. Like I said before, quitting drinking was about my healing. It wasn't about the alcohol as much as it was really getting clear about my life. And I've seen nothing but positive things happen since then. And even through a 
fucking pandemic, I didn't touch alcohol. And that was some really hard times. And I'm not, sorry, I, I don't want to come down on anybody who drank during the pandemic because everybody, everybody had to deal with their own stuff. So will I drink again? Who knows? I don't know. But as I sit here reflecting on just how good my life is without it, I can't even formulate a reason why it makes sense in my life when I'm completely and truly happy without it. I mean, there might be a time when I go to Italy that I want to drink again, you know? Um, but, but my reasons for drinking would be completely different. And I would hope and, you know, as I, you know, even contemplate drinking again, it would be a very social thing. But the fact that I don't care, <laughs> that I'm totally happy with sparkling water, just makes me think that I won't. But, um, you know, so it doesn't make sense in my life anymore. Um, it doesn't align with my health, my financial goals or anything like that. So I really, I just, I don't miss it. I really don't miss it. And I found so many amazing people that um, have given up drinking or that have scaled back a lot. Maybe that's to do with age. I mean, it could be. There's nothing wrong with having fun and indulging in alcohol. Honestly, I do not um, condemn it. I don't want to criminalize it. But I know from my personal experience just how it did become a thorn in my side and the fact that I am stronger without it and happier is proof to myself that I don't need it. So what am I going to do going forward? Well, this past year has been incredible. And I honestly, I am so grateful for all the people that were there for me and supported me through this whole thing. Big kudos to Vanessa for really being my soul sister. And, you know, another guy named Bill Bell, who was really honestly had shared his story and was and sparked me. I met him in Toronto. He he helped me with some musical stuff when I was in the CMI course. Um, he's an amazing human, too. Um, but also just, I mean, my family and my friends and everybody who's there for me all the time. So my next year is really what I want to see for myself is being focused on forgiveness. It's something that I still struggle with. You know, I kind of nipped the whole other stuff in the bud and, and started healing a lot. But uh, forgiveness to the people that hurt me, those bad relationships, but also, you know, forgiving myself and working on putting myself in a position where I'm okay with healing. Like I really resist it sometimes. But, you know, I'm mad at the past versions of myself. But if I look back and I'm trying to be, like, really honest about it, like, I still love those versions of Jacqueline. She didn't, she didn't do anything on purpose to hurt me. That was just, you know, there was, it was situational. And I think that I did what I thought was right at the time, you know. Um, they always say that, you know, if you know better, you do better. So I'm not mad at her. And I love her. So what? We trusted the wrong people and we were really focused on some self-sabotage for sure. But this version of Jacqueline knows a lot better. I'm stronger. I'm happier. I'm proud of myself. So this wasn't a really easy thing to write. Um, I wrote this all out. So I'm sort of like basing it off of a blog post that I'm going to put up on my website. But this is just a slice of my story. And I wanted to share the important parts of that journey. You know, if Vanessa hadn't have been so open about her path that led me down mine, then I might not be where I am today. So I thank her from the bottom of my heart for being open and being an ear for me and being support. But also to you listening, um, I want you to know that 
there are people that are out there for you. So if you are struggling, if you are ready to take the next steps in your path, or if this is maybe the catalyst that uh, is helping you to make a change, that know that there are people out there. And maybe I'm that person too. So don't be afraid to reach out. I'm here. I love helping people. I love doing that through music. I love doing that through my personality. So I'm sending you so much love. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really happy to share this. And it's it's healing for me too to have this reflection. So take care of yourself. Until the next podcast, I bid you adieu. Bye for now.